Oh, hell yeah. Who hasn't been on hold and bopped around to this? That's why the Bud Light commercial was the best one, in my opinion. Don't, don't give me the dog that's a cheap play to get you emotional. Don't give me the, don't give me the celebrity-laden cameo fest that was that... Uh, the Mick Ultra one? The Caddyshack one. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Serena, who absolutely secured the Super Bowl bag yesterday, promoting two alcohol sponsors. Anyway, this was the best commercial, in my opinion. So you, so Joe, you 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 had a Super Bowl party with a bunch of teenagers. You ho- you always host a Super Bowl party. It happens to be around Jackson's birthday. Shout out to Jackson. But you know, this is not this is not one of the Super Bowl parties that I went to with toddler versions of our of our kids, where you know you just have to keep them somewhat entertained. And no, they were totally into all, they were all in, the prop in, pets. All this, and, yeah, yeah. This is the third year in a row. One of the kids from the group won. Yeah, and it's the second year in a row I've gotten up. Uh, text the next morning from a parent. Are you sure my son won four hundred dollars last night? <laughs> and what exactly are you doing at this? Right, Super Bowl I was going to say, did you go to the Julio house again? <laughs> Why is there a man here uh, to see you about some money? So that's what those, those are the life lessons learned at the Julio house. Apparently. <laughs> No, the reason why I asked start him young, Joe. You Got to start him young. That's the reason why I asked you about your Super Bowl festivities being around a bunch of teenagers. Do the commercials at all resonate? Uh, no, you can't hear the TV actually yeah. at my house. Yeah. So, so it's, it's yeah, you just have to go back and watch them on YouTube at this yeah, point. Yeah, whatever. All right, fine. So be it. So be it. One of the things that in discussing what happened in the Super Bowl yesterday, while the Chiefs are getting their flowers and rightfully so, and we're discussing where Patrick Mahomes now ranks. Um, you know, thank goodness Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max updated their top five QB rankings. You know, I was I was worried. I was worried that I wasn't going to get that today. The question that I had is, okay, the Eagles are young. They got a young coach who got to the Super Bowl in his second season, completely overcame all the jokes we had for him in his first season with the Eagles. Remember, we ripped his press conference back in the day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he wanted to play Rochambeau. Oh, yeah, man. Like, Nick Sirianni was a bit of a, a clown for a lot of folks when he got to the to the Eagles. Now he's a clown who's won, who bugs for the camera, and people love it. It's funny how winning changes the attitude for a, a bunch of things, and I respect it. I like characters. I think Nick Sirianni actually, I got that one wrong. He's actually been pretty fun to watch for the Eagles. So now it's a, okay, now what, right? And Nick Sirianni, after the game, talked about Jalen Hurts' performance. He's been a revelation. Uh, remember, there was a power struggle behind the scenes with the Eagles that brought Nick Sirianna there, where Doug Peterson, the previous coach, wasn't exactly enamored with Jalen Hurts as their QB of the future. This was, an, this was by and large, a front office decision to go with Jalen Hurts, and they got better around him. They've got a great defense, and that's why they were running roughshod over the NFC on their way to the Super Bowl. Here's Sirianni on the performance. who was He was outstanding and what that might mean for next year. Yeah, to me... To me, Jalen uh, played uh, the best game I've seen him play in, uh, in the two years we've been together. Um, he was outstanding. Uh, I, th- I, really thought, uh, I really thought he was in complete control. He did things with his legs in the run game. He did things with his, with his arm in the pass game, made some unbelievable throws, unbelievable reads. Um, I, I thought he played outstanding. And, you know, and, that, and really you, looked at, you look at the game and 
that was good for the NFL in the sense that the, the two best quarterbacks in the NFL played against each other on the biggest stage and the biggest lights. And, and um, you know, J- Jalen played, played, played great. That's Nick Sirianni, Eagles head coach, after the loss to the Chiefs last night. Only eight teams in NFL history have returned to the Super Bowl after a loss. The 1971 Cowboys, 72 Dolphins, 73 Vikings, 87 Broncos. We know the Bills did it four years in a row, number one. 2018 Patriots were the last team to do it. And of those teams, the 18 Patriots, the 72 Dolphins, and the 71 Cowboys are the only teams to actually lose the Super Bowl one year, get back to it, and then win it. Oftentimes what we hear about is the Super Bowl hangover for the loser. Sometimes there's no coming back. It's really tough to get back to that spot. And, you know, locally speaking, after 2015 and the Carolina Panthers had this breakout season and Cam Newton won the MVP, Life was never the same after that. I'm not saying this is what's going to happen to the Eagles. I'm simply pointing out that this is not as easy as people make it out to be. It's set up for the Eagles in the NFC. I was going to say in the NFC with Aaron Rodgers potentially not being with the Packers, not that Mm -hmm. they were a threat this year, and then Tom Brady retiring. You know, you look around and there's the 49ers. Yeah, there's the Cowboys. Yeah, but who else? Right. Who are you afraid of? Who who can't you get past? Yeah, none none of those teams really exist right now to get in the Eagles way. So it's entirely possible that they can get back here, which I think is ultimately, I think is good for the league. You know, the one thing that the NBA had had struggled with the post Jordan years, they were wandering through the wilderness, trying to find the next guys that you could prop up as the faces of the league. Fortunately for the NFL, because it's so quarterback driven and they've manipulated the rules where having what should be a defensive holding call gets ripped because how could you have that in that moment? We want to see offense. The league is really blessed with a bunch of guys that you have to watch. Patrick Mahomes is the king of them right now, having won two Super Bowls. And that's and that's the thing that the disrespect card comes into play, right? I know a lot of people were rolling their eyes at Travis Kelsey the last couple of weeks, both in the Super Bowl and the week before uh, two weeks before when they won their conference championship game Correct. against the Eagle against the Bengals, that, you know, nobody expected us to be here. I mean, I wouldn't go so far. It's it's not at the Georgia Bulldogs level when they, they won the national championship. I mean, people were saying we're going to go seven to five. Nobody said that. Like literally, nobody said that. I actually understand where the Chiefs are coming from. I do, because in the NFL, we're so quick to want to wanting to elevate the next guy. It's almost very crypto like. You don't want to miss out on the next big thing. Like this is where the Justin Herbert hive comes into play. All these people that are telling you, yeah, you can have Patrick Mahomes. The real knowers of football understand Justin Herbert's on another level. That kind of stuff. So we're quick to elevate Joe Burrow. We're quick to elevate Josh Allen after last year. And like, no, he's the guy that you want. There's almost, I can understand why the Chiefs might look at how people talk about the league and say, are you really taking this dude for granted? Are you really taking Patrick Mahomes for granted? And oftentimes, Joe, I think people do. I don't think it's so far off base to feel that way if you're the Chiefs. They do take Patrick Mahomes for granted. I'll ask again. Do you think Patrick Mahomes is the reason that they won the football game last night? He's a big reason. He's a big reason why. But that. But here's the thing, though, Joe. You see, you're falling into that trap. You're falling what? into the QB wins trap. Every Tom Brady Super Bowl, was he the reason why they won it? No, of course not. The first okay. one, definitely not. But now history goes to the winners, and we act definitely as Definitely though- not the one with the Rams, where they held the Rams at six points, too. Right. So we we basically treat the quarterbacks, though, as the reasons why they won the Super Bowl, even though we know that's not how it works. Right. 
So I don't want, I think, just pointing out, do you think Patrick Mahomes is the reason why they want it? Well, not solely because you need breaks. You need other guys to step up. Your defense has to play well. I mean, honestly, that's what happened in the second half. Their defense played but is better. That disrespect is what I'm getting at. Like last night, it was I mean, the, the scramble by Patrick Mahomes, I thought, was his best play of the game. It was, easily. There were a couple of throws that Jalen Hurts made where I was like, wow, that was otherworldly. I mean, there weren't any throws that Mahomes made last night where I was like, you know what? There weren't any last night? I think he just had an ordinary game last night. See, that's where we get into the taking it for granted part. Maybe. I, honestly, I think, well, yeah. he just had an ordinary game because he's wowed us so sure, much. Sure, by his own things. standards. By his own standards. For sure. Right. Yeah, when he doesn't do the fireworks thing and the loop-de-loops and everything else. It'll be interesting. Mike Lennon's going to join us in about 15 minutes, and we'll talk to him because this is exactly why I wanted to talk to him, mm-hmm. what his thoughts were on Mahomes because we're getting into this whole, well, he's the greatest quarterback of all time nonsense. And just a little bit this this idea that Peyton Manning recently had said, there's no such thing as halftime adjustments. It's this the dumbest thing I've ever heard. In the NFL, you just go and you eat oranges at halftime. You don't you don't make any adjustments. And I'm thinking to myself, well, what did Andy Reid do last night then? And Mike has a very good retort for that too. So looking forward to that conversation. Check us out on YouTube. Look up 99.9 The Fan on YouTube. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the likes. Leave some comments. Do whatever you can to manipulate the algorithm in our favor. Because that's what it's about. I mean, I appreciate you guys consuming our content, but let's be real. I need that algo to work for us. And that requires your participation. So we appreciate any help. And the way we appreciate you back is by giving you tickets. We have a pair of tickets to go see the Stadium Series game, Carter-Finley Stadium, on Saturday. All you got to do is text the keyword CANES. To 919-860-5FAN. Again, that's Canes to 919-860-5326. Stadium Series, again, on Saturday, the weather looks like it's going to be nice. And we're getting some more details as to how things are going to play out on Saturday. We know the ice is down. Dennis Cox, our producer, has somehow finagled his way to leave the show Thursday. Yep. And go skate on said ice. That's right. I should hopefully have a live report for you. Okay. All right. We'll see how. Do it for the content. Exactly. Do it for the grand. It's for what's trending. So, <laughs> uh, apparently, Sunday's rain helped with the ice. Well, natural water. It's actually snowed at my house last night. Believe I, it or not. I don't believe you. No, no, totally. There was like a little bit of snow uh, at my at my house yesterday. Looks like they've got about 57,000 people expecting to show up. There is some rumor about some more tickets being released, but we'll get a better idea of that as we get closer to it. We don't know who the intermission performers are going to be. I do know that the NC State marching band is going to be a big part of the festivities, and we should be getting some sort of pregame performer announcement tomorrow. Not intermission, but sometime, you know, 4 or 5 o'clock ahead of the game outside Carter-Finley Stadium. So more details are coming together. I know they put the rendering out of what they expect the place to look like on Saturday night. And I could have done without the Caps flags that they put in the in the rendering. Oh, we got Eric Cole, Mike Commodore, and Chad LaRose mm-hmm. sounding the siren. I like that. Yeah, that'll be cool. That'll be cool. So, yeah, it's finally here. It's only years in the making. Finally happened on Saturday. We will be out there on Saturday and, from and 4 to Ripken 7. And the bat dog. I know. I'm excited about what? that. Yeah, he's dropping the puck, I believe. Cannot wait. That's awesome. I mean, we're going to local this bad boy I was going to say in the it NHL. so local. Get out of here. It is so local. Let's go. <laughs> I'm excited about it. Oh, man. <laughs> Deliver the puck on a cookout tray. Let's go.
<laughs> Got a text from my dad. <laughs> He's not happy with Chilio. Why not? Chilio sounds like an Eagles homer. Over what? Mahomes is Marino with rings. Oh, please. There's my dad's take on that. I just simply pointed out to my dad that you have a longstanding problem with Patrick Mahomes because I've been on the wrong side of him a couple different ways. You have. You have. And it's led to this, like, I'm going to show you, Patrick. And he's only proven you wrong. He did. It's fair. I accept it. I mean, they got dominated yesterday. They won the game. Who got dominated yesterday? The Chiefs got dominated yesterday what? for most of that game. They were really, really good in the second half. Right. Andy Reid was they, really, really good. The, in the, the game half. didn't at halftime, right? No, it. Uh, I right. wish it did. Sure, I really wish it did. Hey, games don't end at halftime. That would be really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what actually bothers me even more is like the Giants draft Kadarius Tony. Mm-hmm. Useless. Two years ago. Yeah, useless. Why do you give up on him already? Yeah. And then you give him away for like a bag of pucks and Ripken's extra splinters. Like, what? And there he was. And, there, and he makes the two biggest plays. Yeah. Ah, that's annoying. That, that's you, annoying. You know what that is? That is good organizations usually find themselves they do. on the on the positive they end do. of these types of situations. And they'll know how to use a player like that, uh-huh. a talent like that. Uh-huh. The punt return, you know, to re-kill is one of the things he did. Return kicks. Tony got in there. It was a big, huge play. So before we get back to to the Super Bowl, we'll talk to Mike Lennon, former quarterback. He'll join us in about five minutes or so about halftime adjustments because that really was the difference in the game. Kansas City came out, and they they drew it up, baby. And those scores, those red zone scores uh, in the second half that really turned tables, I mean, Eagles didn't, didn't seem to have any idea of what was coming their way. Saturday night, Duke – in Charlottesville, it was an enjoyable game. In a way that the in the in, in the way that Duke rebounds and plays defense, it was a much better matchup for them than say what happened with NC State earlier in the week, which is typically a bad matchup for the Wolfpack. So the game comes down to the final seconds, and there's an inbound play that goes to Kyle Filipowski. Foul, Kyle Filipowski is fouled on his way to the basket, and he should have gone to the line. The debate was whether or not he was fouled before the lamp went on or after the lamp went on. So instead what happens is they go to the scorer's table and they debate, they look at the replay, and they say, no, no foul, or it happened after the lamp, so therefore we're going to overtime. I don't want to get into conspiracy theories. I do think we have to recognize that these are humans. And I have a theory as to what the heck happened in this situation. I think what ended up happening was they got so much of that sequence wrong that they decided the easier thing to do was to go to overtime and play it from there, right? But here's the problem. Yeah, like if we make this call, Mm -hmm. give some free throws, the game's over, we're not exactly sure what happened, all right, let's just play five more minutes. Here's the thing that I need to get clarity on, honestly, and I don't know who's willing to answer this question, but I do need to get clarity on this. Officials confer all the time. They get who actually had the foul wrong. Sometimes they credit a foul to somebody in the midst of a play, they confirm and go, no, 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 it was on this other guy. Like you, look, I, I highly recommend that everybody goes to YouTube and watches this officiating video that Jillio and I did. And in the course of the action, there are times where you don't see the play fully, but you know there's a foul that occurred, and then the officials will talk and be like, well, no, 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 I saw this, I'm pretty, like, I'm sure of this. So they confer. What I don't understand is why the officials did not do that with the replay. Is it within the rules that they can't? 
Because if it comes down to was there a foul or not, there was a foul before the light went on, before it hit 0.0. This idea that, well, it depends on when the whistle occurred. No. It's whether or not if you whistled it because you thought there was a foul, it then becomes a when did the foul occur, and the foul occurred before the lamp went on. So you put Kyle Filipowski to the line. That's what should have happened. But I kind of get the sense and the confusion of what was unfolding. They just thought, well, let them play. And here we are in overtime, and the rest is history. Virginia wins that game. Here's what John Shire had to say after the game about what the officials told him about that call. Well, he told me after the fact that the call was made after the buzzer. And you can see the, the ball left his hands before point zero. So I, um, I don't know if... I don't know exactly what the rule is. You know, I, I would like to get some clarification, understand, uh, but the call is made, so I don't know how the call can be taken away. But again, I'm not, I just would like clarity and I uh, hate it for our guys. You know, look, it's a big time environment. You know, you, Jacob Grandison has a big time three to tie it. You have a chance to win and attack the basket like that. That's, that's a big time move. and. To not be rewarded, I feel I feel for Flip, uh, our team, and then you have to move on in overtime. And we weren't uh, we need one more stop that we couldn't get. So that's John Shire after the game. Again, even he needs a little bit more clarity as to what's going on. And on the coach's teleconference this uh, morning, Joe Shire was still quote unquote I'm still pissed about it. Or I'm, I'm sorry, still angry about what happened on Saturday. Why didn't they go back and? replay that portion of the game if it was wrong. You know you can do that, right? Well, that's rare. It's rare. Just saying, if <laughs> if they got it wrong, wrong, they'd actually go back to that moment right. in the game. Just go back up to Charlottesville, no crowd. <laughs> just, all right, guys, let's put Cal Filipowski on the line, see if he can sink these free throws and go from there. How about Tony Bennett like just fully becoming Bill Belichick? Oh, your best player? Oh, we're going to take him out of this game. Because mm-hmm. Filipowski didn't score the game, right? Yeah. Yeah, DJ Burns season high was a six or seven turnovers in the mm-hmm. game earlier in the week. Like, they just know how to defend. They know how to they know how to take you out of what you want. It's impressive. And it, speaking of things, I don't love to give credit to Virginia basketball, but yeah, you gotta you gotta tip your hat to them. They'll probably win the league again. Really, the buried lead here is Andy Reid's legacy is further secured as one of the best coaches to do it. it probably doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, his time with the Eagles, sometimes your run comes to an end. You need that change of scenery. You can reinvent yourself. That's what happened with Andy Reid going to Kansas City. And now he's got two Super Bowls with Patrick Mahomes. And it's funny, they were asking, oh, what's, what are your plans? He's like, well, I'll, I'll be back if they want me. Why wouldn't they want you, Andy? So there's going to be talk about how many more of these things that they can do with Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, health comes into this. Because I'll admit, Joe, last night when Patrick Mahomes came up in pain after the low tackle, uh, he landed awkwardly on his ankles, and he's on the sidelines. They cut to him right before halftime. He's clearly in pain. He's clearly frustrated. It looked like it was different. I thought that game was a wrap. Because if he's not functional, Eagles should feast on that. Obviously not the case. Whatever whatever adjustments they made at halftime, some of it was schematic. I'd love to know what they shot into that ankle. He says there was no painkillers. Then what was it? Was it Mr. Miyagi? Did he do the thing? It. Did he did he just do the thing and just put his hands on it? And Slapped it was done? his hand, warmed it up. Like I I gotta know what happened because he was he was pretty spectacular in the second half. It's the OG. That's Joe Giglio. 
I'm Joe Ovias. Here's Andy Reid, head coach of the Chiefs on this Never Getting Old. Never Gets Old standing right here. This is a, a great tribute to the National Football League, a great tribute to the Kansas City Chiefs. That game last night was a heck of a game. I, I know Philly's hanging their head a little bit, but nobody really lost. I mean, it was two great teams playing each other and, uh, and two great cities. So I'm, I'm fond of my time there, and uh, I'm fond of my time that I've had in Kansas City. I've, where the people have been phenomenal. The organization that Clark Hunt's put together has been uh, tremendous. So that's Andy Reid after the game, giving love to both cities. Obviously, he'll be back next year. The question is, can the Chiefs come back here and do it again? Uh, the competition in the AFC side of things, a little bit more difficult than on the NFC side of things. I'm not saying the Chiefs can't come back and do this, but um, you look at where the you, – you look at the coaches, the quarterbacks in the AFC versus where we are at in the NFC. Uh, I can see the Eagles maybe getting back here a little bit sooner than the Chiefs. Joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline, former NC State quarterback, NFL quarterback, Mike Glennon. What up, Mike? How are you, man? You can add your uh, childhood team, Dolphins, former Dolphins quarterback. Yes, yes. Uh, how was your time in South Florida, man? It was good. It was nice, sunny weather. Got to <laughs> see uh, you know, the skill set of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and those guys. And mm -hmm. Heard you talk about your dad, talk about Dan Marino. Dan would sit in the back of the quarterback room and, and just sit in and observe. I did when you uh, when it, when the news came out that you signed with the Dolphins. I did tell my dad, "I'm like, hey, your birthday, a Mike Glennon Dolphins jersey. I'll see if I can cook <laughs> one up. I'll see if I can cook one up." Well, okay, since you since you you bring up Tyreek Hill, you're in the room with these guys, and it's something that Gillio's been banging on all year. Ah, you're gonna miss them. You're gonna miss them. You're gonna miss them. I mean, they they I guess they did. But it didn't stop Patrick Mahomes from doing Patrick Mahomes things last night, did it? No. Uh, Pat Mahomes, to me, is on his way to being the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, he's 27 years old, three Super Bowl appearances, two Super Bowl wins, MVPs, and he's more talented than Tom Brady. So I think he proved he doesn't need a guy like Tyreek Hill to, to go out and, and be the best. Mm -hmm. And they're set up for a long time of success. I heard something today I thought was a great point. Eagles, they're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts, which means they're going to have to get rid of a bunch of guys. Yeah. It's easy already paid Mahomes. So, you know, they're set up for a long time of success uh, as long as Andy Reid wants to stay at the coach there. So I'm, I'm driving into the studio today, and Mike Lennon joining us on the Heaster Automotive Group Hotline. That's Joe Obvious. I'm Joe Giglio. And I call Mike, and I go, you know, one of the dumbest things I ever heard was Peyton Manning, I think it was on the last Manning cast, or maybe it was the playoff game. No, yeah, it was where it was he a said, game. Oh, nobody makes adjustments. The most overrated thing in the NFL is halftime adjustments. Nobody makes adjustments at halftime. We just go back and eat oranges. And I'm thinking to myself, this might be indicative of the coaches that you played with, Peyton. Because again, we all assume that Peyton coached the team, right? He got to the line of scrimmage, did his thing. So I said to Mike, like, Mike, I need a victory lap on this. I, I, I need to. <laughs> I, what were those things that Andy Reid did last night? And much to my chagrin, much like you, much like my wife, much like anyone else who likes to argue with me, Mikey G comes back with, well, they weren't really adjustments. They were just calling <laughs> different plays. So explain it to me. Like I'm in fifth grade, Mike. Because that damn sure looked like an adjustment to what they did on the goal line. 
on the on the uh, jet motions and the different plays that are the bunch sets that we saw from the Chiefs in the second half. Let's start with this. I love that you think when it comes to a football-related question <laughs> that Peyton Manning makes the dumbest comment you've ever heard, and you actually know. Uh-huh. Like you've I know. Ever sat in at a halftime show, uh, locker room? Think about like that. Peyton Manning just you know. Now we're talking about another one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, <laughs> forget that guy. He doesn't know what he's talking. About. He's exactly right. Thirteen minutes halftime. You spend a couple minutes of those going in. You come out a couple minutes early. Mm-hmm. The players they go to the bathroom. They have a little snack. The coaches they meet for two to three minutes probably. Then they come back out and say, "Okay, these are the plays we're going to run. This is what they're doing, and this is how what, what we're going to get to." Yeah, you're not in there. It's not like the basketball coach is sitting in there drawing up the plays on the whiteboard like a brand new play. It's these are the plays we have in the game plan. Now let's let's call them the the plays with the uh, whole jet motions and all that. That was the first time they had to call it. They had like no red zone um, attempts until that point. So it was clearly in their game plan. And he finally had an opportunity to call the play they probably drew up two weeks ago and wanted to call. Mike Lennon joining us, former NC State quarterback here on the OG. Uh, man, Julio just keeps taking L's on the on the oh, aftermath no, that, of the Super Bowl. That was the best part, though, was I said to him, also, I go, tell me I don't know as much about football as Andy Reid does. Because we spent <laughs> all season talking about what does NC State need to do? They need more bunch formations. They need more motion. They mm-hmm. need more jets. And I'm going, am, am, I, am I taking crazy pills? This is not what we advocated for the whole year? And it happened. And- and no, then, then sure lo and behold, in the Super Bowl, hire Andy Reid as offensive coordinator. They, would do it. they could do it. Yeah, they would. I mean, they I, could I, hire I, me or you. Does, does Wendell Murphy have enough money for that to make happen? We'll see. I guess we can always find out. So, all right. So here's my question, Mike. What you're what you're referencing here? I guess if we can do it to to further explain it, like we're five. We always talk about scripted plays. Every every team has their script to start the games and then what happens after you get done with the fit the first what 12 to 15 plays of a game typically yeah, scripted? usually you script out the first 15 i've never actually gone back and tracked like how many of those you actually call okay the first five to ten usually are, are get called got it so i would imagine as we get more and more into the minutia of all right well you gotta you gotta win that middle eight right the last four minutes of the half and the first four minutes of the second half how much of that is actually scripted coming out of the half? It's not necessarily you're meeting at halftime. It's just like, okay, if the game is X, Y, Z, what can we now pull in order to do that? How much of that second half is scripted? Uh, the opening drive typically is. So okay. that's what they do. They say, we're going to get to these five runs. We're going to get to these five passes. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to go with. And then usually the quarterbacks and the coaches, they rank the play. So in the red zone, you might have, I don't know, let's call it 10 to 15 passes. And they're usually categorized by like the 20 to the 10, the 10 to the five and the five and in, and, and then you rank them. So my guess is those plays were highly ranked. He just didn't have a chance to get to them mm-hmm. until that point of the game. And then he saw it work the first time. So he said, you know what? We're going to call it again. We're going to make, make it a little different. We're going to do it on the left side this time. And it worked yeah. two times in a row. It was great. I mean, what Joe talked about, he's right. Static formations, not great because mm-hmm. it makes it easy on the defense. What I did learn from Mike McDaniels down in Miami, they motion every play. And it, it makes it hard on the defense. It causes confusion. You see what it did. I mean, it was wide open, wide open uh, touchdown. You know, Joe could be the OC for NC State. He, even Joe with his arm could have made that throw, that touchdown throw. <laughs> see? 
All right. Which because I was trying to say, I wasn't all that impressed with Mahomes yesterday, yeah. other than the scramble. Mm-hmm. The scramble Scrambles to set up the last score, the, the touchdown, that was impressive for mm-hmm. sure. Which gets to my – okay, you said I could maybe make that throw. That's not what I wanted to ask you oh, in terms of – how could a normal person? I'm talking about you, Obi. I'm talking about Julia. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I, my, my arms, uh, it's Jello. <laughs> the Jalen Hurts push plays on the short yardage situations. Okay, they are, what are they like? A hundred percent on those things? Yeah, it's pretty. It's amazing. ridiculous how they're yeah. able to succeed on that push play. Could I? Get a first down like that? Could Jillio get a? Could you get a first down like that? What are, what are, what are we talking my, about? Here? Uh, my bird legs and tall body weren't uh, definitely can't squat six hundred pounds or whatever Jalen Hurts can. Um, but I will say this whole like thing where they push everyone in the back—that's kind of new um, this year. So I don't know. I, I think you guys could have. Now the one time when um, Chris Jones jumped over the pile. He would have chucked you guys. That would have hurt. <laughs> oh, look at Zeke Elliott on the one play he played on the line. Like I was like, whoa. <laughs> that is, whoa. We could not handle any of that. No. I don't claim to. I just claim I can draw a play. That's my only claim. Just like every other media member in the world. Yeah, maybe. Except I have a whole season's worth of tape to point to and say, oh, look. The exact concept I was talking about turned out to be the difference in the Super Bowl. What? Oh, my God. What do I know about football? Nothing. Clearly. Obviously. Is this, on, even you can't even give me credit. Watch the Coastal Carolina games next year just to chart how many times they use shifts or margins. Everyone, by the way, after last night, everyone's going to have that play in their playbook. Every yeah. single oh, yeah. team yes. from Garner High School to NC State to – you name it, is going to run that play next year. Is this what the text thread with you and Julio looks like all the time? No, no, no. Mike? Once he signed with the Dolphins, he doesn't communicate with me anymore. We, we, did okay. a, we had a nice little season on the podcast. We did pack therapy together. He's out. Mikey was wonderful. Then he signs yeah. and it and becomes NFL mode, Mike. Once yeah. he's NFL mode, Mike. Did you, did you have Cuban coffee while you were down there? Uh, I did not, but I did have a lot, of, a lot of cups of coffee because I didn't have time to text Joe. I was trying to study – and learn an entire game. See, he never gives it the, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a good thing with the excuses. That's all. <laughs> well, come on, not uh, not plug and play with the Mike McDaniel system? No, that, that was a wordy, wordy system. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot to learn there. Yeah, and I'm sorry, that you, at no point did you mistake him for me, right? Because we have some similarities with wow. the uh, with the glasses and the balding and the beard and everything else. I don't think about it. No, he's got a he's got a nicer head of hair than you. Yeah, it's true. He's got me beat on that one. He's also younger than me. We'll see what hap- We'll see what he looks like in ten years. All <laughs> right, Mike, we appreciate the time, man, and uh, we will definitely have to talk about some more instances in which Julia was wrong. Okay, yeah, wrong I mean, about that. That should be easy enough to do, right? I'm sure uh, he can go on the main cast and tell Peyton he's wrong next week. <laughs> Love to have him on the maybe maybe that's the goal. Maybe we can pull some strings with the ESPN to get Gilio to a, zoom into the Manning cast. And be it's like, a semantical Shh, argument hey. because they made an adjustment in terms of they called a different play. But also they saw how they were defending the play. Orlovsky went through the whole thing on ESPN this morning and how they were switching the corner to the safety. It was like a little boomerang deal. So maybe you don't want to call an adjustment. I know what you're saying. It's not an entirely new play. Yeah. But they're making an adjustment to, okay, this is how they're defending us. So this is what we're going to do in response to how they defend us. Right. I'm not saying there's not adjustments in the game, but the time that you probably spend from offense to defense back to when you're on the field is just as long as. Half yeah. Time. You're not relearning yeah. a playbook. Yes. I, I understand yeah. your point. Mike Lennon, NC state legend. 
Dolphins legend. Pack therapy legend. Pack therapy legend. We'll talk to you later, man. All right. See you guys. That's the OG alongside Joe Giglio. I'm Joe Obies. And I am going to get my dad a Mike Lennon jersey for his birthday. Absolutely going to happen.